inspires a person to make a change, to choose a different path, to fight the status quo, to try and beat the odds. We asked a group of inspiring creative visionaries about their change up in their careers, personal lives, health, communities, or the world around them. This is The Change Up, brought to you by Tom Organic. I am Monty Diamond from Show and Tell, and in this episode of The Change Up, Stacey and I picked the brain of Christina Carlson, the lady behind the global stationery brand Kiki K. The odds are you probably have a Kiki K in your local street and have been lured in to purchase some of the beautiful things they have on offer. Now, as you'll hear in Christina's own words, Kiki K started from a bit of a light bulb moment and has grown into a super successful business with a very passionate woman behind the wheel. So get your pen and paper out, preferably the Kiki K variety, and get ready to scribble down this woman's wisdom. But just before we get into this chat with Christina, do you know what is in your tampons? At Tom Organic, there is only one thing on the ingredient list that is pure, 100% organic cotton. That means there's no chemicals, no hidden pesticides, and when you use up to 12,000 tampons in your lifetime, it just makes sense. You can find Tom Organic tampons on a shelf at Coles, Chemist Warehouse or Woolworths today and see for yourself why women around the country are making the change. Now here is our Change Up Chat with Christina Carlson. Christina, so great to have you here. We're just going to pick your brain until there's nothing left in there. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Soak Thanks everything for out of you. Um, okay, so before starting Kiki K, yeah. uh, you have had the most eclectic, like reading about you, I was like, wow, what an eclectic amount of random jobs you did. Yes. Nanny in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Was it anyone famous? No. no. Um, working in the snow fields. Yeah. Um, selling Christmas books. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's go from doing that to now where you are has yep. been quite a long journey. Yeah. Yes. Let's go back to the 3am list where it kind of all happened. Yep. So I worked in a ski resort in Austria and that's where I met my partner, Paul. And uh, that's what made me move to Australia. Right. Um, and when I came to Australia, it was before internet, it's kind of really hard. My son is like, what do you mean before internet? Did that, oh. did that exist? Do we even remember that? <laughs> yeah, time? exactly. It's crazy. Mm. Um, so it was a big move because, you know, you couldn't FaceTime and you mm. couldn't Skype. It was, you know, it's all very different, you know, faxes, what we use. Yeah, or hand Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, I love, of course. I know, of course, yeah. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how every, like, because Stacey moved away when she was 16 and we were best friends then. Yeah. And we would handwrite each other letters. Yeah. Or her mum got the internet first. So I'd walk down to her house and email her from her mum's house. <laughs> and it was just the big chunky computers. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah very God. different. Yeah. yeah. To stay in Australia was a big move in terms of, you know, the, the, the very long distance. So uh, when I decided to stay, I thought I have to do something that I'm excited about. Mm. So... I was searching for quite a lot um, of different things that I was going to do. So one of my first thing was um, one of my passions was travel. So mm-hmm. I then um, worked for free in a travel agency here and, um, and just to see if that was for me. And I couldn't afford to do the course. So I asked, can I work for free until I give value? And then, oh, I, wow. and then I, um, um, I worked there and then I realized I love travel but I don't like booking other people's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, so I continue my search. And then um, at 3 a.m. in the morning, I uh, work up my partner, Paul, I think for the fifth time, saying, what am I going to do with my life? And um, 
he was a little bit, he was patient, but he was a little bit sick of hearing that like every five minutes. So he, uh, he turned on the light and said, why don't we write down what's important to you? So at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, I wrote down that I wanted to um, drive to work um, every single day and especially on a Monday morning and absolutely love what I was doing. Mm. I wanted to have a business on my own, but I had no idea in what industry or what I was going to do. I wanted to have a connection with Sweden. That was really important. My brother was sick at the time, so I had to go home a couple of times last minute. And so I thought I'm going to have to do something that uh, brings me back home. I wanted to work with Swedish design. That was one of my passions. And then I wanted to I work out. I worked out the phone bills and rent and food and travel was where my money went. So I worked out that if I can make five hundred dollars a week, then um, I can do what I want to do. So that was also on my list as well. And that was the hardest one to, to uh, make a reality to. After reading about that, and I often write down, you know, what I want to do, and I started journaling, yeah. which I find mm. um, really quite powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think there is really something in writing down yeah, your goals, so it kind of almost makes it in a physical form. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you yeah. do that often? Do you still do that? Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not really into dreaming. I've just written a book about dreaming, which I can't wait to share with the world. But, um, but really taking the time to think about your dreams and your goals and your, what you want to do because one of the things is that I realised and, and uh, we all do at some stage in life is that even if you live, get to live a long life, life is pretty short so mm. you need to start writing them down to remember them and then focus on a few, few things that you want to do. You can't do, um, you can do anything but not everything at the same time so you know writing all your dreams down is really important. Because you um said, okay, I'm going to work for myself. So you went to set up your home office. Yeah. And this is kind of where the idea came to you, right? When yeah. You saw there's a huge gap in the market here. Yeah. So it was basically, um, so, so, you know, I went back after 3 a.m. sleep and then in the morning I looked at this piece of paper, which wasn't on a good quality paper, I have to say ah. that. <laughs> it wasn't a KKK paper. But uh, I, um, I looked at that and I thought, I looked at where should I start on, you know, the five things that I had. Um, and I thought if I'm going... Um, to work from home, I have to have a beautiful home office. So I'm, I'm a person who loves beautiful things and I love being organized. And, uh, and then I thought if I'm going to have a beautiful uh, a, um, home office or a business, I need to have a beautiful, you know, organizational, you know, piece um, in front of me. And um, I went out to buy some products. And, and this is before, I mean, there's so much around now, but this is before um, all the brands existed. So it was basically... Um, you know the news agents and the you know the department stores basically and um, and the big box retailers which is boring and I went to buy some products and I just could not find anything it was in my in my view um, which of course is debatable but for me it was badly designed and bad quality and um, and price driven so I thought um, um, so I actually I, I, it's not the right word depressed but I kind of got really down thinking this is so boring then I got super excited so I rushed home to Paul and I said I know exactly what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores around the world. And he's in my favorite city, so I was, you know, London, Paris, New York, you know, Copenhagen, Stockholm, etc. And he's like, are you crazy? <laughs> of course, because um, I had no idea even how to put together a notebook. So, so that was a big, um, you know, big, big dream. And, you know, I'm still not in the favorite cities, but we are in five countries now. Which yes. Is exciting. Wow. 
Yeah, it's because everywhere, I feel like every main street I go to, every airport I go to, you know, all of your stuff is there. Um, It's just, it's pretty awesome though to go, you had no idea. Yeah. How do you start? Like, where do you start from? Just start. Just start. (laughs) start. Yeah. I think that's that's the most important message um, when you're starting something, just start. You have to start somewhere. Um, but for me, that was like, um, you know, I did the the, um, the old ye- yellow pages when it was book form, right, paper yeah. form, <laughs> S for stationery, and I just started from the top, went through them all, and then just started to visit, and, you know, stationery businesses, um, manufacturers, paper companies, and I was so excited, but I had no idea uh, yeah. how to do things. So I just learned, and I listened, and I asked a lot of questions, and then I started to build it that way. Did you source out mentors? Were yes, like, lots. Okay, who knows? Yeah, lots. You know? um, so I'm a big reader. So I read lots of books, and then I go and see speakers, and um, and I, you know, I saw people because I didn't have any money, uh, so I had to go and watch people raising capital. I had to. I had never been in retail. Had no idea about anything. Yeah. So I went to see a lot of people, and then I asked them for coffees. And you know, there was one woman who was talking about capital raising. So I asked her, "Can I show you my business plan? Can I?" Um, had a coffee and you know I think I was there the day after with my plan and you know bought her coffees and um, she became a mentor and I had lots of different mentors I find mentors is um, similar to friends you don't get everything out of one friend mentors is the same like you know so I go specific different um, um, things that I wanted to know Um, so if it's a retailer or a financial person or whatever it is so I learned from a lot of different people but you can also learn a lot from especially today like on the internet online courses there's so many ways of learning uh, today if you want to do something yeah and it is it's just like just do it yeah because there's nothing different between you and somebody else who has that no exactly I think that's what you know with starting show and tell too like I still barely even know how to turn on a computer like we very much go okay let's do this let's do this let's do this and just give it a crack and some of it fails and some of it doesn't yeah absolutely and I think so many of us look at people and think oh well she's talented or she's good at that but when you actually start to meet people and ask people they like they just like us you know they just started somewhere and you just have to build on the building blocks where wherever you are and I think that's another really important thing for people who are thinking about starting or doing something that is a little bit different um, to kind of know that that person who did it is, you know, there's so many people before us who've done what exactly, or not exactly, but very Something similar, similar to what we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can draw on. Yeah. No pressure when you first opened your shop though, didn't you make your husband sell his house? <laughs> there's always been a lot of pressure. The last, you know, 20 plus years has been a lot of pressure. But yes, yeah, I, um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say make him, convince him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manipulate, <laughs> massage it. Into it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, he... Um, I probably for two years I looked at um, finance you know I couldn't even get a credit card because I was an Australian citizen so for me it was really difficult you know the bank just laughed at me um, so um, in the end I was like how am I going to open the first door because you know I started wholesale and I started I built a website when that started to happen um, and I just I just didn't know how I was going to to finance it and obviously retail is expensive um, to do so um, I said, how about that house? <laughs> right. And that was a scary moment because this is when um, 
uh, 9-11 just happened. Uh, so that was obviously a very scary time for all of us, what was going to happen in the world. And, you know, um, the department store where we were opening just went out of business. So it was kind of a really, I mean, retail has always been tough. For, for a lot of people and um, it's still very tough today. So, so I, you know, it was, I don't think that's a, you know, a bad time. Like if you open in the, in the tough times, you, you'll, you make it work. Um, and then when, if there's some good years, then you float on that. And then it's tough times. So that's right. just kind of how, how the life cycle is. How happening. did you know when it was a good time to open a store though? Like, how do you know you have enough products and Research. How do you yeah, know I actually didn't. It? I actually didn't have enough products because I I borrowed three thousand dollars from Paul to to do my first range, mm. uh, and I didn't. I couldn't really make you know hundred percent Kiki K. So I started. I think maybe forty percent Kiki K, and then I bought in other brands to start with, because um, uh, I just didn't have the finances to do. Yeah. Right. yeah so you just figure out a way of doing yeah. it yeah you're pretty crafty you work because you would pound the pavement too right and get yeah. people here what do you think of this oh of stationary yeah and... yeah i did a lot of uh, what i call focus groups but it basically was like selling at home you know in, a, in an environment like this where you you i got my friends to bring in 10 friends and then i was showing and asking what they thought and then i could buy to kind of really understand because everyone was so positive in the beginning and they said um yeah i'll pay 20 dollars for this so i'll pay 10 and that's easy to say but actually to give me the money is, is is a different thing so i started to sell direct selling to kind of get the get the understanding if if people were actually going to buy um, and i think i did about 40 of those yeah right yeah so you did quite a lot of research before you oh, actually absolutely. opened loads, up the loads, store. Loads, loads, yeah. yeah. I, I, I stood on the corner of Chapel Street and um, I couldn't do this now, but I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I stood, uh, did research because I, I didn't know anything about Melbourne. I mean, now it's so, everything is, you can use Google, but that didn't exist. So I was like, oh, Chad, someone spoke about Shads and someone spoke about City, you know, there was Chapel Street and I had no idea. So I just asked people where they thought I should open the first door and I stood there with my plans. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's, that's what I did. And sometimes you just have to do things that you, um, you know, is out of your comfort zone and, and um, yeah. do think creatively like, you know, and I think it's amazing not to have a lot of money when you start up because you just think differently. Well, that you can take more risks. Yeah, really. absolutely. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where I guess now that your business has grown so much, you kind of can't take the risks that you no, would have No, not the, the same start. because you're supporting so many people. Yeah. While before I was happy to take an extra shift in the morning at a, you know, breakfast hotel or whatever, whatever I needed to do to kind of support myself. But now it's very different, of course. But still, Pretty you can try too. a few yeah. little things. Yeah. In terms of the creative side, you kind <clears> of, um, are, you are very hands-on. But you bang out so many products. Mm. Like Stacey yeah, was saying I that. Was, I talk about this all the time because I'm a real stationary, yeah, yeah. real stationary person. And I always kept in the back of my mind every time I went into a Kiki K, people telling me that you get new products every three weeks. Yeah. Which for a consumer is like me, it's yeah. very exciting because yeah. every time you walk in there, you yeah, know you're going to see new. something yeah. new. And yeah. you're like, oh. I know. <laughs> how, how on earth do you get three, sorry, every three weeks? get new products on the shelf like that's just yeah so we work wow. uh, we work all year obviously um yeah. you know we have a, a creative team who designs products all the time but you know that that's not the problem in terms of the ideas the problem is to choosing the right ones and uh, and uh, <laughs> and making sure that you're doing new things but still not doing too many things that people are not uh, ready for so 
that's the ideas is never the problem it's always which one should we choose and the designers are talented so it's always a real tough decision what should we go with because that's beautiful that's beautiful that's beautiful oh, yeah. yeah and then we follow we we run it as a fashion business so we we do the seasons we're different and then we have consumers in mind so we're making sure that we have something for you and something for you and for the younger and you know the the person who wants to um, evolve as a person, um, you know, in the inspiration range. And then we have dated and then we follow all the occasions like Valentine's, Mother's Day, Easter, all those. So, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're busy, but it's that's what I love. Um, that's not the problem. There's a lot of other issues that are much yeah, harder right. than that. Yeah. yeah. Running your own business, what do you find the, what has kind of been the hardest point of running the business so far? I think the hardest in the beginning was to have no idea what I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, because I was, and the opportunities was just everywhere. And even more now, I find, because you can, you can collab collaborate, um, I never know how to say that word, yeah. uh, with so many different people across the globe, while, you know, 20 years ago, that was not the, as easy as it is today. So I find the hardest thing is to, you know, of all the ideas that we have, what do we actually focus on to make sure that we do something really good versus just do loads of, of half good things. Right. Um, so that's very challenging. But in the beginning, it was definitely business knowledge. I had no idea. I mean, even to do, you know, I bought QuickBooks. I had no idea how to put it together. And I remember, you know, paying $200 for someone to teach me. And when she walked out, I was like, oh, I wish I spent that 200 on that dress that I saw instead. <laughs> Because I had no idea, and um, but I learned it, and um, and then I started to delegate the things that that wasn't my strength and what I didn't enjoy. So, so there was loads and loads of. But I also, when I say that, that was the hardest, but it was also super exciting. I love mm. learning, and I love I love uh, I love connecting with people. So if I don't know anything, I never think how. I think who. So mm. who can help me with this? And I still do that because there's so much I still don't know. Obviously, there's always new challenges. And I always think, who, you know, I was um, thinking the other day, because one of my dreams is to um, make the book that I've done a bestseller. So I was thinking, who has done a bestseller? So I started to reach out to people who made a bestseller to learn how, how they did it. So, so there's always something to learn. Yeah. yeah. Which is exciting. What was it like when you made that first 500 bucks that was on your 3AM? You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where when you start um, um, making a little bit of money, you're just so busy thinking. I, I remember wanting to join a uh, entrepreneurs group where the turnover was a million dollars, and I read about it when we turned over, you know, a few thousand. Right. So that was a big goal. And um, I remember when we turned over our first million. Uh, I think Paul said it in the middle of the night. I think I think we just turned over a million dollars, and I was oh. like, oh, I'm just so tired. I can't even think. So it was like so, uh, you know. Um, you just, we just work 24-7 in, in the first... I mean, we still work a lot, but not as much as we used to. Um, yeah. But um, so so I was never focused, except I was like the milestones of being... It wasn't about the money, it was about joining EO, which is the Entrepreneurs' Organization. Right. Um, uh, so I've never been driven. I wanted to make the $500 so I can eat, I can live, and I can yeah, um, travel yeah. um, to Sweden. So money has never really driven me in terms of, of, you know, making more money. I always wanted to, you know, obviously make enough so I can pay everyone. And in the early days, that was not the case. We, I always had to go through who should we pay first of our employees, who, who lives at home um, versus having their own mortgage. You know, I looked oh, at all those things too. Wow. Yeah, it was just really, it's really hard in the That's beginning. That's so cool though, mm -hmm. isn't it? Where you go, yeah. 
I just wanted 500 bucks. Yeah. And then you, in the middle of the night, we just turned our first meal. Yeah. But the, I guess the thing is, it also happens so gradually as well. Yeah, it's not absolutely. like one morning you wake up and we're like, oh my God. No. And I think I always compare it as having a baby because you don't get a teenager straight away. You get yeah. this bundle and you try to work that out and then it's all evolving and then you get, you know, you get into it and, um, and you get, you know, other parents helping you or giving advice or whatever. So it's the same with the business so you start somewhere and then you evolve and then you know they, there's just different it's always challenges it's never it's like oh i arrived and it's done yeah yeah there's course. you know new 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 times new competitors whatever it is um there's always um something that keeps you going to the next level so that's but i love that you know and it's like having a, a child like you know every stage is amazing and you think you can't you can't get better than this but it always does so Yes. Well, you have two kids now, don't you? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did it change your perspective? Absolutely, yeah. So grateful that I had kids because it kind of got me understanding more of, um, of uh, you know, that working um, yeah. life balance uh, and also forced me into to really um, think about um, that work-life balance. With the birth came, you know, something that I didn't expect like that. You know, I was, you know, I was thinking... You know that will be almost like another business, but it's there's much more emotion with kids in terms of um, you can't leave them the way I thought maybe I could, and that's All why the I bring them on trips have. now. And um, I find it really difficult to um, go away without one child, so I often bring a child with me on my business trip. So they've kind of grown up in this business environment, and they think they can do anything in the world, which uh, is so amazing. Isn't that so great? I often yeah. say to Stace when you know, and as mums, we're constantly you know you're torn where you feel a bit guilty if you're away from them yeah. longer than you want to be. <clears throat> and I said our kids are actually growing up watching us kick up yeah, and do what we want. Absolutely. And I think that and I grew up with my mum doing that. Yeah. And I go, why can't we do it? Let's yeah. just do it. Absolutely. And I, and your app to give that to our kids. Yeah. Amazing gift. And Amazing. if we can't yes. help out and do, you know, go to all the excursions with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not because I vividly remember <clears throat> mum was a single mum and she um would work so much but in my mind she was never not there yeah no and i hope my boys are like that even though i work quite hard and i'm not able to go to everything i hope yeah. that they don't remember me not being there I yeah hope they go, yeah mum was working doing this but she came to this excursion yeah she did exactly that, or, yeah. yeah and i think you just have to decide what what you are fine with and doesn't mean like you have to do every single thing you know there's a lot of socializing around school i don't really have time for that but i make sure if i'm in in town i'll go to assembly every friday for example that's one thing that i do and i love and you know if i can pick them up i always try to do that so you just have to choose the things that is yeah. important to you and um and then you know talk about all the stuff that you know the way I talk about it is like the, the, the reason why we can do all this is because we work so hard so, yeah. and, and they are so aware and we always bring it back to be grateful to what we have. So I think that's also a really good so thing. so hard. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I, I've noticed my son lately, he'll lose something. He goes, that's okay, we can get a new one. Yeah. And I'm like, no, mate, it doesn't yeah. work like yeah, that. No, like no. you just, you, they're so <clears throat> lucky, you know, and they're so privileged, but he's only six. So he's like, we're just getting more. And I'm like yeah. trying to, talk to a kid yeah. about money yeah. at that age where yeah. it's like no mate yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. but I think it'll sink in eventually and if you always we do a grateful every night at dinner and so since since they were like being able to talk they have been talking about gratefuls every right. single night at dinner and that makes such a difference because and also they know if you if you are um giving examples every every night at dinner then that will sink in 
and that will even if a six-year-old might not be able to express it yeah um, he'd be grateful for the lollies that he had yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that's fine that's fine that's their reality but eventually I feel like a lot of things that I've said in the past is now coming out Mm -hmm. and um, you don't think that but once they turn old it's like yeah yeah it's good you can see it that's it's, it's also, I, when I fell pregnant, I thought my career was over. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't established enough in what I was doing, which at the, it was radio. Yeah. Um, and I remember going, shit, it's, it's all over. I'm out of the game. Yeah. And I, it's just so far from the actual truth yeah, of it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've still got so far to go yeah. when it comes to supporting women um, who are having babies, which actually is interesting. How do you handle that in your, in your company? So <coughs> we... Um, we do uh, um, like what most, uh, well, what we have to do in terms of the 12 months uh, giving maternity leave um, that you have to do. But holding but, the position for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. And then we do things because we are a small business and we don't have the financial um, background in terms of giving them, you know, in Sweden you get paid, but that's government funded. Yeah. Uh, so that will be a dream to one day be able to do, but we can't do that yet. But uh, we give like newborns for nap, um, nappies for newborn, not right, the other way around. Right, right. Uh, but you know, trying to support things like that. And um, obviously we are, a, we are a business where kids are welcome anytime. So my, my kids grown up in the business, they know cool. everyone and people can bring in their kids, you know, if they pick up from school and then they have to come back and do a couple of things. We're very flexible. And I always try to remind everyone to not miss those little milestones like mm. with the kids, like, mm. my, you know, don't miss the assembly when they're talking or, or the ballet concert and things just because of work, because work will always be there. It's just being flexible. So we try to be very flexible because most of our employees are women. So we try yeah, to, that, to they do that. Be, yeah. They also will want to work harder for you when yeah, you absolutely. like that. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. when um, bosses are so strict or not, 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 it's like you're so uninvested. Yeah. Where if you just give an, like just an inch, yeah. they'll give you back a mile. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. which yeah. we are chatting to incredible women like yourself and, and oh, you. so many different amazing women. And it is about, you know, the changes that women have made in their lives or the world around them. And your one, which is super inspiring, is basically going from an employee to a boss. And a, an incredible female <laughs> boss. Have you got any tips or anyone, any, any little tidbits of advice for women who are out there just sitting on possibly an idea or no idea at all, mm-hmm. how, they, how they make that change as well? Yeah, I, there's three things that I always uh, reflect, back on, reflect back on in terms of what I think made me do what I do now. And one is, uh, number one was, uh, or is passion. So... I really think you have to love what you do in mm. terms of starting your own. But it doesn't mean you have to start your own, but it's also, I think, if you want to live a really authentic and great life, I think it doesn't matter if you're employed or have a little side business or start your own business. But I think um, really love what you do. So you you know, you know, drive on Monday morning being really excited. And of course, we in every, you know, if you start your business or have your perfect role, there is always ups and downs, so I'm not talking about yeah. that. But I'm talking like generally loving what you're doing and you know doing something that you you want to you want to to do every single day. So passion is number one. Number two is having a quite a clear vision. So if that's for your business, have to where are you going because that's 
especially think in this day and age, um, it's so easy to be sidetracked and it's so easy to forget where you're going and especially when it's tough. And I have never seen a business go straight like that. It's always no. like loads yeah. and loads of side curves. Yeah, the jungle yeah, gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, having a vision, to, so when there are tough times, um, that pull you forward. So having a clear vision, it doesn't mean that that can't change, but in terms of, you know, your long-term vision, what is that? So everyone, you included yourself, um, where are we heading? So when it's tough or when it's, you know, not so fun, um, this is where we're going. So everyone is kind of part of that. And number three is um, uh, not to take no for an answer or don't say no, say how. And we have that big letters on our office wall. And um, and I really do think that they made made a massive difference when you start a business and for me that was like everything and I still use it every single day I never take no for an answer and it doesn't mean that I say yes to everything of course and it doesn't mean that I'm just thinking about it's all about me it's always about a win-win so you always look about if you want to achieve something how can I achieve it and how can I bring people on to make sure it's a win-win um, and that's anything from um, <clears throat> I often take an example as when I was opening the first store in Sydney um, the courier said well it's Friday night. If, if I'm not in Sydney by nine o'clock, I'm finishing. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We're opening on Saturday morning and we're paying rent for that. So, so I took his number. I, you know, I took his home number, his mobile number, his private number. I had everything to make. And I call him all the time. Where are you? You know, making sure he made it. So, so, and of course, then, you know, I said, hey, if you can be a bit flexible, then of course we will use your company for a long time. So there's always a win-win. And I do that in my private life as well. You know, if I can't get an appointment, I always say, can I be on the wait list? And if there's no wait list, I always say, can you create a wait list? And, you know, there's always, always a way. And I think that, you know, there's so many small businesses that fail the first few years. And, um, and um, I think if you use that, you know, if you really want to make something happen, um, you know, work out how you can do it. Mm. Um, I think that is the third. Do you find that being a woman and being really strong and knowing what you want and going for it, has it, have you come up against anything where you have felt discrimination because you are a female? I've never felt that. And I don't know if it's my... Um, upbringing where I felt I'm equal yeah. and I never never ever thought any different so I never I never I never think about gender I always think about getting the job done if it's a male female doesn't matter so I never had that issue but I know it's out there so um, so I'm not naive to that but for me I never had that issue ever and it's always been getting the job done and and whatever it is, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a position at work, I don't really care if it's female or male, as long as it's, it's the right person for the right job. New beauty. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. There really is something about stationary, though, isn't it? <gasps> something. There really is oh, here something we go. <laughs> stationary. I don't, and I've tried over the years because my mum's the same. Yeah. It's like really into stationary. Like we always buy each other yeah. new books and pens. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I do like stationery, but this is like her obsession pens. is like next level. But I level. think it might be a control thing, like the level of organisation you can have with all the things in particular that you guys offer. There's something about it that gives you the illusion in your life that yeah. it's together. I mean, for our, so our purpose at Kiki K is to inspire and empower people to live their best life. So whatever that means to them, it could be organisation. Mm -hmm. But also, I remember going back to school um, and... Uh, you know, a new notebook and a new sharpened pencil and a new eraser just made me uh, feel like that's, 
now it's like the promise of a new year. So there's yeah. something about that. But then there's also, of course, you know, the to-do list, the calendars, the things mm -hmm. that make you feel in control. And then there's also the products that we we love the most is the, the, all the products have something behind them. So there's always a meaning um, yeah. uh, um, behind our products that we do. And that's what I love. So that could be like, you know, a teacup because, I, you know, we, I started with like just stationery and then I was like, I drink tea every morning yeah. when I do my planning. <laughs> and I was like, I want beautiful, beautiful matching, you know, tea sets. And then, of course, not just not the teacup, but the teapot because I like loose tea, so I like to make it nice. And then, and being a Swedish person, I burn candles 24/7. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I want beautiful candles. So that kind of evolved. So, so even if it, you know, sometimes on a shelf just looks like a teacup, but it's it's a meaning behind it. Yeah, you know, nice. you sit down and you you know, if it's about being grateful or if it's about planning your day, you know, there's there's a beautiful moment. And I think we rush so much in in our our lives that to take those two minutes when you're planning the day or being grateful at night or whatever it is to, to make that like really count. Um, yeah. and, and that's why I think um, our products are really, um, uh, I can understand you feeling the way you're feeling about <laughs> yeah. it because we have those people in every single day and I'm obviously one of them. Um, yeah. um, so I can, but I'm very grateful too that you are supporting us. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> very much is. Easy, easy to buy birthday yeah, presents for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. So Christina, you. this has been awesome. Thank oh, you thank so you. much for joining us no, on thank you. Um, The Change Up. We've been wrapped. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you so much for having me and um, good luck in, in, um, in your path. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Change Up, brought to you by Tom Organic. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Let your mates know about it because every woman, man and dog out there needs to wrap their ears around these incredible chicks' stories. And uh, also make sure you comment. If you comment and like and all of that, it bumps us up and more people can uh, hear these awesome chats. Also, head to showandtellonline.com.au and check out the videos of these chats as well. The latest one is with Christina Carlson from Kiki K. Now, here is a little tease of our next episode of The Change Up with Sarah Harry. She is one of Australia's leading body image and eating disorders specialists, and she's the lady behind Fat Yoga. Between 95 and 98% of diets fail. So that's got an Australian government... Um, level A research that it doesn't work yeah. now what the problem is is that every GP every health professional every they still um, prescribing them yeah. so there's a real disconnect and I think an ethical issue for people to, to, to the only other place that you would find someone prescribing a treatment with a 2% chance of success. Like if they said to you, yeah. here's your birth control, it's 98% not going to work. Yeah. You'd be like, no. Make sure you join us for our next episode. It is a real goodie.